The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. Many years ago, when I was learning in the base Medrash of Tervadas, there was a fellow, a Hasidic fellow, nobody had ever seen him before. He came in and he was selling a pamphlet that he had written. Now this goes back, it's got to be maybe... 1968 or 1970, something like that. No, it couldn't be. It had to be in the early 60s. And what happened was, he had written a pamphlet on tefillin. It was the first time anybody had ever written, was long before Art Scroll, Feldheim was just new then, and he wrote a black and white little pamphlet about tefillin shayad, tefillin shayrosh, Rashi's tefillin, Rabbeinu Tam, about the Ritzuis, and the bottom, what's doing inside the various parshas, and all that. And it was fascinating. And he was very successful, his name was Shmuel Rubenstein, and he went from yeshiva to yeshiva selling those, and when he was very successful, he wrote on Sefer Torah, he wrote on Tzitzis, he wrote on many, many different things, and I never heard from him again. I didn't know him, he didn't know us, he just went from yeshiva to yeshiva selling his things. And then years later, one day, I had already started writing manga books, his family called, and they said they wanted to tell me a story. And they were calling at a very painful moment in their lives, and they told me like this, that when this man, Shmuel Rubenstein, was 11 years old, he lived in the Bronx, and Nebuch, his father, passed away. So this little 11-year-old boy was a Yosem. And he had rheumatic fever. Rheumatic fever affects the heart, affects the nervous system. And he was traveling, don't forget, this was like in the 50s, he was traveling all the way from the Bronx, he was traveling to Brooklyn, to Yeshiva. And the doctor told his mother, there's no way that your child can travel from the Bronx to Brooklyn every day back and forth. His heart is not strong enough. He'll die. He cannot exist this way. She said, what am I supposed to do? There's no yeshivas around where I live. I'm a widow. I don't have much money. Where am I going to send him? I'm not going to send him to public school. He said, look, I'm not your rabbi. I'm your doctor. I, I, I don't know what I can tell you as far as where to send him. But you can't send him to Brooklyn every day. He's just not going to make it. So she looked around and she found out that the Bob of a Rebbe, Rav Shleim Halberstam, who was the most beloved person in the world, he had just come from Europe and he had a small yeshiva in Manhattan. So for the Bronx to Manhattan, that wasn't bad. And she figured she's not a Hasidist, but listen, you know, being a Hasid, if he's going to become one, is better than being in public school, right? Everybody will admit that. So she decided she's going to send them to the Bob of a Rebbe and the yeshiva that he had in Manhattan. Now the Bob of a Rebbe was, as I said, the most beloved, kind, and caring person. And he became like a father to this boy, to the point that when Shmuel became Bar Mitzvah, he wanted to wear an upturned hat, he wanted to wear a gartel, he wanted to look just like the Rebbe. Now this story takes place the first sukkahs after Shmuel's Bar Mitzvah. He was already Mechoyev in Mitzvahs, and his mother didn't have much money. She bought him a lulav and esrig. But it wasn't the best and the finest. And he knew that. But he knew it was kosher. But he was thinking to himself, you know what? Cholomoy, there's no school. Why don't I just get on the train, like I go every day. I'll go to the Rebbe. 
and I'll ask the Bob of a Rebbe if I could use his lulav and esrog, I'll make a brach on it. So he was lying in bed and was thinking, should I go, shouldn't I go? And he's thinking, you know, if I go, that's such a great schos because I'm sure the Rebbe's lulav and esrog is gorgeous. But what if I drop the esrog? I'm going to be so nervous. If I drop that esrog and the pit and breaks, you know, it's the end of my life. So like, maybe I shouldn't go because I know I'm going to drop it. I'm so nervous. But then he was thinking, but how can I not go? You know, the Rebbe likes me, and it's such a schus. So the next morning he decides he's going to go. He comes, and the Rebbe sees him right after Dominic. He says, Shmuel, my kid, like, what are you doing? There's no school today. He says, Rebbe, you know my mother, she means very well, but Nebuch, she has no money, so she got me a lulav and an esrig, but I know it's not really a hodar, it's not really beautiful. Would the Rebbe mind if I would bench on his lulav and esrig? He says, Ashmo, you're such a tzaddikal. Of course, I'll get it for you. And he goes by his desk, and he brings him the lulav, and he takes out the esrig from the hay that it's wrapped in. Now, you know how you're supposed to do it. You take the esrig first, but you take it upside down. And then you take the lulav, and then you turn over the esrig. And, of course, he takes the esrig. It's upside down. The pitam's on the bottom. Then as he takes the lulav, and he turns over the esrig the nightmare happens. And he drops the esrig. He, he drops the esrig, and the esrig begins to roll towards the wall. And he's hoping, like Kairach, the world, the earth will open, he'll fall in, and that'll be the end. The Rebbe doesn't say a word. The Rebbe goes to the wall, picks up the esrig, and he says, Shmuel, my kid, take a look. The Abishta, the Rabbanishal, has a message for you. The pitim didn't break. And he says, you know that the Dalit medium represent different parts of the body. The lulav is represented by the spine. The hadasim are the eyes. The robus is the mouth. And the esrig is the heart. And take a look, the esrig didn't break. So this is a sign from you that your heart is going to be strong. The doctor keeps telling you that you have rheumatic fever and your heart is weak. Look. The heart, your heart is going to be strong. This is the message. So something that was just a nightmare five seconds ago, all of a sudden became the biggest bracha. And he never, ever told this story to anyone. Never. Until many, many years later, he was sitting in the sukkah with his wife and children. One of his children is very famous. I'll tell you who he is in a second. And he's sitting with the children, and he says to his kids, Kindlach, I want to tell you a story. And I'm telling you a story for the first time today. Because today is the anniversary of this story. It was the first day of Sukkot. It was Cholomoy Sukkot. And he tells them the whole story that I just told you. And he said, the Rebbe told me that my heart is going to be strong. And he said, I'm telling you the story because today it's 32 years since that story happened. And 32 is Bagamatria Lave. And three weeks later, he died. And that's when they called me. Now, his son is a famous person, Shia Rubenstein, who lives in Marine Park, who's a Balchesed Admoid, who does so many things for the community. And he and I have become very, very close friends. And the point of the story that he was telling them was that the Rebbe's brocha was that he was going to have a strong lave went deeper than that, not just physically that he was going to have 
a strong heart, but that he would live at least another 32 years. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.